The following talk was given at the Insight Meditation Center in Redwood City, California. Please visit our website at audiodharma.org. So today I'm going to continue talking about mindfulness of emotions. And uh, yesterday the topic was, or the practice was, to be able to recognize the presence of an emotion in a respectful way. To recognize it with some feeling of freedom, not participating, not activated by, not reactive to emotions, but this beautiful way in which the mind can know something clearly, name something, ah, it's, and in the naming, in the recognition of what it actually is, there's a feeling of space or feeling of, of uh, non-stickiness, non-entanglement. Oh, this is how it is. And the exercise yesterday was to just discover, try to discover that just in a, in a moment, not that it had to last anything more than just a moment in which you're recognizing. This movement to be unentangled, un, not reactive to emotions, not judging them, not participating in them, not uh, collapsing in them, but finding a certain degree of freedom with emotions is uh, supported by mindfulness of the body. And this is one of the reasons why in this series we do mindfulness of the body before doing mindfulness of emotions. All emotions are, uh, one way or the other, are manifested in sensations in the body. And sometimes we have to be very, they're very subtle and you have to be very attentive to feel it. But they're always there in the body. And and um, and there's a way of dropping in and feeling the physical manifestation of emotions, which is a wonderful alternative to uh, living in the thoughts about the emotion, to living in the stories of the emotions. Some emotions are really closely connected to the stories we tell ourselves. And um, in fact, you, we can just be sitting peacefully and then we remember a story of being hurt by someone or someone offended us and as we tell ourselves the story, remember the story, we can feel the emotions arise. And, um, and, uh, and so the more we stay in the story of mind, repeating and repeating and repeating what happened or thinking about it or carrying it, repeating the conversation, um, uh, it, it fuels the emotion more and more. And, uh, one of the reasons some people will go distract themselves is so that they're not repeating the harmful way of thinking that's causing difficult emotions. And um, so the um, uh, so to drop down into the body as an alternative to to the mind thinking and story making is a very significant way for uh, us to start giving the emotions some freedom. Uh, and freedom doesn't mean that we act freely in whatever way the emotion seems to want to direct us. And it's powerful, very significant in meditation, we're more or less committed not to move. And uh, so we don't uh, give in to whatever the emotion wants us to do. We feel it instead. We feel it with respect. 
And uh, another way of talking about feeling the emotion in the body that I like a lot is the idea of listening to it. Um, all, all emotions are messages. All emotions have some, you know, almost like a purpose to be there. They shouldn't be dismissed. But one of, for the people who do mindfulness meditation, uh, one of the purposes of the emotions is to allow the momentum, the movement of whatever we're feeling to move through us unencumbered. Uh, unencumbered by attachment, unencumbered by resistance, unencumbered by preferences and judgments, unencumbered by repression and pushing it down to avoid it. And to learn that we have the capacity to feel the emotions of our life without being troubled by them. And that can be difficult emotions and it can be beautiful emotions. We can, uh, and we start learning that the freedom to feel is better, a better pleasure than the pleasure of good emotions. Some people lean into the uh, good emotions and hold on to them and celebrate them in a way that kind of is being caught in their grip. There's nothing inherently wrong with doing that, but there's something better to do. And that's the pleasure of being free in, uh, in relationship to emotions. So it's not just allowing the emotion to be there. So listening deeply, like we're listening to the body. The body is almost like the transmitter of emotions. And so that's where we want to listen. And the benefit of that is that um, it takes us out of the story-making mind, the thinking mind, which can add fuel to the fire of the emotions, uh, or is where we, how we get caught by them, and how we identify with the emotions, to uh, dropping into the body and allowing the emotion to have its life in the body. All emotions want to move. If the, if the emotion creates tightness in the body, contraction, uh, and then if we make space to listen to it, it begins to relax and open. If, there are, if the emotions involve some kind of nervous energy, as we listen to it and make space for the nervousness, uh, it has nervousness as it has to settle. That it doesn't if we keep thinking about the scary thoughts. So listening to the body, oh, that's where the nervousness is. And now let's listen deeply as if it has a message, as if it's a friend in distress who just wants someone to, be, to accompany them and listen to them. Oh, that's where it is in the belly, the nervousness, or in the chest, in the shoulders, wherever it might be. Um, and um, uh, same thing with anger. If anger is uh, uh, a feeling of pressure and and forcefulness within us, tightening. Uh, if we, you know, if, if, if you feel, you know, if your hand is clenched and a friend comes along and doesn't say anything, doesn't judge you, but just holds the clenched hand, you didn't even know it was clenched until you felt the warmth, softness of your friends holding it, and then it releases. So the, we bring this capacity to hold, to feel, to listen, to whatever the emotion might be. If the emotions involve tension of any kind, attachment in any kind, this practice of just feeling in the body and letting it 
like let it, letting the body's expression have room and space to change and be, it tends to change by relaxing. It tends to. Some emotions, some difficult emotions, need to have the chance to get stronger before they can pass away. You might feel some anger, but as we feel the anger, the inner kind of wellspring, the volcano, allow maybe needs the volcano to the to the, the uh, it to become kind of strong anger, rage, and so we then we learn we open up to the capacity to feel the rage in this meditative posture that we have, and uh, make room for it, and learn slowly over time that no matter what the emotion is, we have the capacity to be still receptive, open, kind, um, uh, so that it can process itself. In a sense, all emotions are being, are processes unfolding. And there's something very significant about just making room for it in a body that's quiet and still. There's certainly other ways of processing emotions. And, uh, you know, sometimes it's good to, I like to walk. If I, there's a lot of anger. It's, I used to be like to just go for long walks to get it moving. And that allowed me to keep stay in the body. There's many ways of processing, but for, in meditation, this is the way it can be done. And then if the emotion is a healthy one, a nourishing one, um, this making space and listening has a different effect than letting it relax. Uh, then it allows the goodness, the goodness or the warmth or the tenderness or the good feelings of the happy emotion to begin spreading through the body. It makes room for it to become, to, to suffuse the body rather than being bottled up. Some good emotions can have a little bit like attachment connected to them, like we're excited and we, it gets channeled in some way. But to make room for it, there's a kind of calmness and suffusion and spreading of that goodness throughout the body. So a huge part of mindfulness of emotions is um, the practice of uh, embodiment, of feeling the emotion as it is expressed or felt in the body. And um, the first step in this, uh, in doing so, is just becoming familiar with how emotions are in the body. Um, all the different ways that are different emotions, different moods, mind states, um, energetically, uh, uh, sensation-wise, all the sensations that come into play, getting familiar with it. As we get familiar with it, then the second stage is to make room for it, to make room to see, to allow for how those sensations connected to the emotion change, how they unfold and how they're part of an ongoing processing that cannot happen if we are living in the reactivity of the mind, the thoughts of the mind, the attachments, the stories that keep fueling them. And, um, and so, um, so for today, if you would like, um, make it a day to explore the s- sensations of whatever mind state, mood, inner state of being that you have. Um, no matter how subtle it is, uh, and chances are pretty high that there's always going to be something to feel. 
uh, and um, but it takes sensitivity. It takes pausing and looking. So through the day, you might find a way to pause and to feel carefully, respectfully, what are the sensations in the body connected to how you're feeling? And, uh, and, the, and if you want to do the second step, then um, just quietly listen to it as if it has permission to be there, uh, as if there's no need to judge it, but just make room and listen and feel and sense and, and see if, as you do so, what changes? Maybe you want to breathe with it, and that's a nice way of staying connected. Sometimes breathing with an emotion makes it easier to stay present rather than drifting away. So, um, uh, I hope that uh, doing this uh, mindfulness of emotions this way in the body enriches your life. Uh, I found that it enriched my life tremendously. And uh, it's a fantastic foundation for deepening Dharma practice, which the deepening of practice is through the vehicle of what could be called emotions or feelings. So, thank you. And we'll continue tomorrow.